Greetings, my fellow seekers. I have returned and I'm starting to think that this should be a bi-weekly podcast because I am just very busy and tired. I don't want to go into all of the things that happen, all of the things that I'm doing, but being a working mom, single mom, is pretty tough. And yes, I am a divorcee too. I feel like that's um, a little bit of a badge of pride, kind of like being covered in scars from warfare. (laughs) I've survived so much and I'm still ticking. In any case, tonight's podcast is about out-of-body experiences. First, I'm going to give a little bit of an overview. So generally speaking, an OBE or out-of-body experience is when the spirit leaves the physical body to travel beyond. There is a lot of variation within this though. So some people see NDEs as a sort of OBE or near-death experiences can be out-of-body experiences. Or some people think that all NDEs are OBEs. Sorry if this vernacular gets a little confusing and the abbreviations. Um, Some people think that lucid dreaming is the same thing, just happens within a dream. The term astral travel is sometimes used as another word for out-of-body experience. And then there is the way that science sees the phenomena versus the spiritual community. So science will explain it away as merely a result of sleep paralysis. They will say that studies have shown that stimulating a certain area of the brain will create spontaneous out-of-body experiences and also that taking ketamine can do so. So they, they dismiss the whole phenomenon in, in a reductionist fashion. Once again, equating in a human experience with brain activity as if everything can be reduced to brain chemistry, brain activity. What science misses is that the actual experience of one of these personal out-of-body moments is not really the same. It's, It's this total experience of not just an overview, like slight dissociation, where you would prefer to see as though you're outside of your body, you literally physically experience everything as though you were outside your body. And it's so convincing that people who experience don't tend to doubt it, people who experience it. Um, And once again, there's that view that the brain is more of a filter that the spirit is limited by. It, It operates through in this limited way and that the spirit can really extend far beyond our consciousness can extend far beyond the body. OBEs can be brought on by drugs, trauma, dissociation, old age, illness. So a spiritual person might see it as all of these things can release the spirit from the body, from the body's hold on it. Whereas science might think that one is more likely to slip into a sort of dissociative state when going through all these kinds of things. For the experience of it, phenomenologically, 
when you have an out-of-body ex experience, the body is in sleep paralysis, as science has shown. There are vibrations that are experienced by the body, almost like an engine is turned on inside that you wouldn't normally be aware of because your body is distracting you or almost like an engine that turns on when your body becomes more sedate. There are also often sounds accompanying this. People who leave their body will hear things like bells, explosions, uh, roaring, and they will experience their etheric body detaching and moving away from the physical, which they will see lying on the bed. This is the typical out-of-body experience. Though some would say that remote viewing is also out-of-body, or even that all of our consciousness is truly not contained in this body, and that it's all illusory. But I'm not going to get into that territory today. I'm just going to limit myself to traditional out-of-body experiences where there's this sort of spirit body or etheric body that is experienced as leaving the physical body. The out-of-body experience first became part of the popular culture's awareness when Robert Monroe wrote his book on the subject in the 70s and started the Monroe Institute, which was dedicated to encouraging people and training them on how to leave their bodies using the hemisync method, which was carefully designed with input from all sorts of specialists. Hemisync was this method by which you would hear one frequency in one ear and another slightly different one in the other ear, and it would create a third one when the two sides of the brain were united by this process. And then that was supposed to induce a certain kind of intensity of brain waves that made it more likely that one would leave the body. I can't profess to know everything about the subject to really be able to explain the intricacies, but I do think that it works having experienced it myself. Also, binaural beats, which are involved in hemisync, they have been proven to help those with Alzheimer's and to help with focus. So they, there have been studies outside that have shown the efficacy of, these, of these, uh, this method to change the brain waves somehow. Perhaps because it works, the U.S. military sent personnel to the Monroe Institute and studied the method and brought it back to use in things like the remote viewing program that they had going. There have been a lot of books written since that time, since the 70s. A lot of people known for their study of out-of-body experiences, but two that I would recommend personally are Graham Nichols and, and Jürgen Zui. I'm not sure if that's the correct pronunciation. Um, it's spelled J-U-R-G-E-N and then Z-I-E-W-E. So Graham has this sort of understated, extremely gentle manner for a male in the Western world. Um, and his autobiographical material is interesting. It explains how through learning years of meditation, leaving his body, reaching greater spiritual awareness, 
um, he kind of overcame his early youth where he had actually been involved in a bit of violence and there had been high crime in his neighborhood. Um, he, he'd had more of an aggressive edge to his personality. Uh, but yeah, I first came to him by finding maybe a YouTube video in which he was interviewed about, you know, his experiences with, with OBEs. And I was really struck by how elegantly collected and centered he was, like just as a human being. And then learning his background, it just struck me that this person had a huge change take place inside due to his spiritual experiences. But yes, Graham experienced spontaneous OBEs as a child and then eventually learned how to control and induce them at will. And he's written on this a bit. And he's you can find various material about him online. He prides himself on maintaining a rational sort of balance to his thinking where he reflects upon things and doesn't just assume. In contrast, Jürgen Zui is a more colorful character, though also not having any kind of an aggressive edge. It's, it's, it's really striking how a lot of people who are very spiritual are more gentle and much less aggressive than the general population. In Multidimensional Man, Jürgen describes having um, spontaneous out-of-body experiences as a result of his really dedicated meditation practice where for years he was spending like three hours a day meditating. And this isn't uncommon either. There have been mediums who have begun with meditation and eventually their abilities grew out of that. Meditation is one doorway to a strong spiritual life. Here I will read an excerpt from Jürgen's first out-of-body experience. The day the world changed. Germany, August the 14th, 1975. It was very unusual for me to look at my mother's garden before first saying hello to her on one of my rare visits, but today was different. The first thing I noticed was the red beech tree, which my mother had planted nearly 20 years earlier when we had moved into the new home. I had never remembered it looking quite as vigorous, so full of energy. Today it appeared to have a presence about it, which was difficult to ignore. Charisma may be, may be the wrong word, but that was what it felt like. I couldn't resist getting up very close and touching its bark. For a second, I could have sworn I had no hands when I tried to touch it. They appeared to materialize out of thin air. My attention was devoting to, devoted to admiring the strength of its sturdy trunk and the new shoots sprouting from the base of its roots. I was impressed by their energy and vitality. How could I never have noticed such life, such power? I touched the leaves. The vibrancy was such that its life force seeped into my arm, which almost made me recoil. Finally, I turned away and faced the front door of my mother's house. My mind must have missed the few steps I took to get there, although I was incredibly lucid and alert, but it didn't last for long. Things began to spin. For a moment, I felt as if I was drugged. I became dizzy. With great effort, I found my composure by focusing on the grass in front of me, and clarity returned. But then something extraordinary happened. When I looked down, I discovered with horror that I had no legs. I seemed also to have acquired a second pair of eyes in the back of my head, which allowed me 360 degree vision. 
Fortunately, the next time I looked down, my body had returned, but only reluctantly, as if to say, okay, if I muse. The first thing the mind will do under the circumstances is to find a rational explanation, like amputees will often insist that their limbs are still there because they can still feel them despite all the evidence to the contrary. In my case, it was the opposite. I could see them, but they appeared to have no reason for being there. That, and the fact that I had, had, <clears throat> that I had enhanced vision, tossed my mind into confusion and panic. Reason and common sense disintegrated. Something so extraordinary was happening to me that there was no possibility of a sensible explanation. What am I doing here? Why am I not in my bed at home next to my wife, 80 miles away? How did I get here? The panic was intense. How am I going to get back? What will everybody think? How am I going to explain it to my mother when she finds me here at six in the morning? I needn't have worried. I felt a rush in my ears and suddenly I woke up in my bed next to my wife. But what was it that I had woken up from? I grabbed Julia and shook her. Wake up, you'll never believe what just happened. What, she said, sleep drunk and irritated at being disturbed so rudely. I've just been to my home in town, I said, half expecting her to sit bolt upright and look surprised. Instead, she mumbled, you're dreaming, go back to sleep. And off she went, leaving me in a state of turmoil. Even at breakfast, I couldn't quite convince her. She was open to all sorts of ideas but she looked skeptical about this one. Jürgen went on to travel and learn that there were many levels of astral existence and that you could go from the lower realms up into higher ones or more evolved ones where people had developed a greater awareness about existence and processed more of their emotions, learned more from their experiences. And he found that, like a lot of OB experiencers, that the realm beyond the physical earth realm isn't as set as ours, that it changes according to how we think, that we can materialize things at times. Some of us can fly there. So it's a very fantastical kind of place. Due to my um, isolated background, and a lot of homeschooling, not being around peers. I didn't hear about things like out-of-body experiences for a very long time to my memory. Um, I remember getting a book on lucid dreaming, being very intrigued, uh, practicing the exercises in the book, and keeping a dream journal. And once I started keeping a dream journal in my late teens, I realized that I was having these sort of spontaneous lucid dreams, not like people do with the book where they practice an exercise in order to achieve lucid dreaming. It would be more like for some reason I'd suddenly realize I was dreaming, like being very frightened in the dream and wanting to control the outcome. And so suddenly I'd go, oh, I'm dreaming so I can decide what I want to do. Um, I didn't see that this is something to be proud of. It was just more, oh, okay, I'm having a lesser sort of lucid dream. That's how I saw it at the time. And I also, looking back and see now, that I had some pretty profound dreams where I seemed to go into higher realms, and I, and I swear I probably was traveling with my astral or etheric body and having OBs um, stemming from dreams like that. And I've always done a lot of flying, going on adventures, visiting interesting places, but I also have pretty mundane dreams mixed in there, lots of just 
uh, garden variety nightmares. Then when I began community college, and that was my sort of renaissance in life, where suddenly all of these possibilities opened up, like I can date now, I can meet more people, I can leave home, leave that kind of cloistered environment and experiment and learn about other ideas that might have been threatening in, in my, to my home culture. And that was when I first found a boyfriend and he was very oriented, oriented toward the spiritual because he had had a brother die and he had all of these questions about what happens when we die. And he showed me boxes of books that he had read after his brother died just in a search to understand he would talk about things like his experiments with astral travel and he would lend me books. I would also go to the library on campus and check out books and I would just try to hide them like under my pillow and whatnot. Um, I always tended to read more out of curiosity and surveying something in a rational manner before I would ever try it myself unless I felt pushed to. I've always been very cautious and also very prone to philosophize first before leaping to conclusions. Then fast forward to my later 20s, or maybe even a little later than that, my early 30s, and I had my spiritual awakening, at which point I was filled with so much excitement that I was suddenly willing to experiment in a way that I never had before, where I would almost daily come up with something new to ask from spirit. Like, I would like to have a special dream where I get to speak with my deceased aunt. Or I would like to have an out-of-body experience. And I kid you not, everything that I was asking for kept happening. Of course, I can't prove this to you, and you can think I'm crazy, but in any case, I did ask for an out-of-body experience, and I did experience that. I remember using the Robert Monroe Hemisync recordings that you can find online and elsewhere. I, I did use those at one point and did achieve something there, but I also, after asking for an OBE, shortly after, woke up in the middle of the night. And for the first time in my life, I was conscious of being in sleep paralysis. This is a really wonky experience, if you've never had it. Literally, I could not move my body but I was fully aware and so I felt trapped in my body and additionally I could feel a sort of second body that was my spirit body and it was vibrating there was a little bit of a sound to it and the horrific part was that my etheric or spirit body was actually pulled out of my body slightly like a few inches from the feet and I could feel a spirit being's spirit hands, for uh, lack of a better way of explaining, holding on to like my spirit ankles, like pulling me out. Like you asked for this, and so I'm complying. And I, I assume I'd have been a spirit guide, but I was so in shock from the whole thing that all I wanted to do was just wake up and regain control of my physical body and feel normal again. <laughs> that moment, I was terrified. And so I started doing everything I could to try to like wiggle my fingers or do something. And eventually after, God, I don't know, 30 seconds, it finally worked. And I, and, and I gradually came back to control of my physical body. And then as the moment that you phase into that, typically the out-of-body kind of thing just ends. After that, I was so terrified that it was hard to sleep. 
And I can't tell you when I resumed normal sleep. I honestly think that's part of the reason I'm an extreme insomniac now. It was a severe shock to my hypersensitive mind to have this extreme verification of the beyond. And anyone who's had this experience, who doesn't just explain it away, uh, finds the scientific reasoning of what this is kind of laughable. Like if you had this experience, scientist, you would not be writing this article. But that's my own bias perhaps coming in. Oddly enough, I have had some really interesting friends and I've asked them, have you ever had spiritual experiences or had experiences of leaving your body? And quite a few of them told me about being children, leaving their bodies regularly, and then later on rationalizing it away and saying, oh, that was just a sort of like psychological dissociation process and I never really left my body. I think there's just something peculiar about me perhaps that I couldn't just brush that off. Like even if I didn't have that kind of spiritual ability as a child, if I had had those experiences, I don't think I could have just brushed them off that easily, though I did brush off a lot of other stuff, so who knows. In any case, back to my late 20s or early 30s with the spiritual awakening. Um, yeah, it was early 30s, that's right. So I did do Hemisync somewhere in there. I think it was before that experience. And I, it was a sort of, it was this really controlled exercise where you weren't necessarily trying to leave with your etheric body, but you were trying to expand your consciousness beyond your body, more like remote viewing. And what I did was, well, the voice in the recording said something like, picture a place where you would like to be. And I've always wanted to travel and I've always appreciated the Renaissance artists. And I know I might never get to see the Sistine Chapel. So I thought, the Sistine Chapel, I'd like to be there. And then pretty quickly, I was suddenly having this auditory experience, not visual, but I was suddenly hearing the sounds of someone speaking in a foreign accent inside of a grand building with the kind of acoustics that the Sistine Chapel would have where the voice was bouncing off of the walls or the ceiling. And then I kind of got, I was shocked by it and I kind of just came out of the experience almost just as quickly. But I know what I experienced, it was really distinct. And this was with earbuds in, with the hemisync sounds, kind of overwhelming all of the sound that would have come out, come in from outside, being inside of a big apartment that where I didn't tend to hear the neighbors through and when the moment I took my my earbuds out to see if there was something going on around me I, I heard total silence I didn't hear neighbor sound coming through I tried to find any other possible explanation for it but all I could think was I really remote view uh well I extended my consciousness to a sort of remote sensing of the Sistine Chapel and I don't know if I went back in time to hear the voice of Michelangelo, or if it was like contemporary. I know people talk about time travel through these experiences. And you know, I just realized, I think earlier I said I wasn't gonna describe remote viewing. I'm not even sure whether I should fit that experience in that category. <laughs> so I'm just including it here. Uh, sorry if I'm getting off track slightly, but it was fascinating. Another thing that happened around this time was that I experienced my etheric body kind of like hanging out partially or being twisted, not being oriented completely with my physical one. And that was 
that was that's a really hard thing to describe to someone who hasn't had any experience remotely like that. Um, I remember feeling disoriented, lightheaded, but literally like like I was feeling both at the same time. And like the etheric one was just a little crooked and hanging out of my body. And I, I just, that's all I can say about that one. That was, that's a really an odd experience. Then a few years went by and I didn't try to leave my body again because I was terrified. <laughs> I, I can be really cowardly, very, very curious mentally, and then incredibly cowardly at the same time. And I was trying out Sylvia, which is legal in Oregon, where I was at the time. I was trying out with it out with my new partner of the time. And he had this fun experience where he was in this game show and enjoying it and figuring it out because he was such a whiz. But my experience was really hell-like, like my personal version of hell. But it started with an, it, it basically was an out-of-body experience. I laid back on the bed and I felt myself getting sucked through the bed. And it got sucked through and suddenly I'm just gone and I'm in an alternate dimension. So there was no traveling through a tunnel or flying through space. I was just in this dimension. My consciousness suddenly fused with it. And I was a dancing tile in a scene of dancing tiles. And it was all very flat and one-dimensional. It was like, take the most annoying one-dimensional musical and, you know, multiply it by a hundred. And that was what it was like to be a dancing tile. All we could do is tilt from side to side with the same short segment of music, this, you know, really annoying little ditty playing over and over again, like something like this. And it just went over and over again. And I felt like I was going to go insane. And there was this absolutely tormenting feeling that if I didn't remember who I was and get out of there, that I would never come back from it. Like I'd literally never go back to my existence as this woman on earth as a human being. And then suddenly I did come back and I was so relieved and it made me so grateful for the human experience. Some people think that when you have an OB during a drug trip that it's not really an out-of-body experience. I differ. I think our consciousness can access sort of different experiences or, or dimensions through the use of drugs. Maybe sort of a plant consciousness. Finally, my most recent experience has been during meditation. So my whole adult life, I have known that meditation would be good for me. I know I have anxiety. I have complex PTSD. So there is anxiety involved in that, though it's no longer categorized as an anxiety disorder, I believe. I think they finally realized it's actually a stress disorder. I could have told them that. But yeah, there's anxiety, there's stress there. And I knew that my mind often will like kind of spin and keep going and going and I can't sleep at night and that I really need to center. I know that I can spend a lot of time up in my head and up in the spiritual and detach from like my physical body and not very grounded and not feeling very secure. And when I would try meditation, it would always just be really a wonderful experience, really helpful. So it just took recently having person after person tell me, you know, you really should meditate. You really should meditate. And finally I was like, hmm, maybe. 
the spirit world is trying to tell me something because people are mentioning this so much and I would get fiercely annoyed and be like, I don't need to do that and get all defensive. Finally, I did it and it was great. And I've been practicing it regularly, pretty regularly, as much as I can actually fit into my crazy busy life. So what I've come to realize through meditation is that yes, you definitely can fast track to opening up your spirit body, like getting it to detach more or come more alive and to even possibly leave your body. So when I do a sitting in the power meditation where I purposefully raise my spiritual power and connect with the God force, then what ends up happening is that eventually I start to tremble and vibrate and, and literally feel filled with light. And it, it feels a lot like being not the negative side of sleep paralysis, but when you're in the sleep paralysis state and you can feel your etheric body, it feels a lot like that. I can sense my etheric body when I get into that kind of a meditation. There are different kinds of meditation. So if you want to experience an out of body, an OBE, then I would say do this kind of meditation. It's, it's something that's, that maybe a medium would do to try to collect their spiritual energy to do their light work, but you don't have to be a medium to do it. Um, I recommend taking a hot bath, following it with yin yoga to loosen up your body more, and then following that by a lot of meditation and having the final segment of meditation be sitting in the power. And if you need a good uh, meditation track for this, Tony Stockwell has one. I highly recommend that. Um, he has a really eloquent, sweet speaking voice and a lovely spirit uh, that I can just kind of sense, you know. I really appreciate the guy. Um, he's, he's a famous medium from the UK. There is evidence that early practitioners of yoga back in the ancient times um, used these exercises to loosen up their bodies so that the astral body would be freer or the etheric body and sometimes so that they could actually leave their bodies and do sort of maybe shamanic work. And books like the Tibetan Book of the Dead describe, you know, near-death experiences, out-of-body travel. But if you really want to do this, be prepared to be shocked. I think it's even harder as an adult with all of the conditioning, especially in like the United States, where we associate ghosts and evil with a spiritual experience that is outside of Christianity. And it really can just be a shock to the system either way. Also, I'm not trying to instill fear here, but I believe that the reason many mediums will say, oh, don't be afraid, you will simply connect with spirit and end up in that place, is because they are beings of great light who connect more easily with higher vibratory states. Whereas a lot of us are not as evolved and there is a realm around the earth that's sort of a lower astral realm where lower beings exist. And when people have, say, an NDE, they're often transported very quickly through a tunnel far away into like heavenly realms. And they bypass all of the dark realms and energy so they don't have to experience it. But if you decide to go and venture out in your etheric body, who can say where you're going to end up being? So it's good to have some protective measures in place and it's good to have intentions set and to not allow your fear to control you once you're in that state. 
because our our intentions and our consciousness have so much to do with what happens once we're outside of the physical bodies way more than here it's as if we are living in these set up karmic patterns here that we have little wiggle room inside of and then when we break free of this lower vibratory very rigid kind of existence then we enter the realm again where consciousness decides our experience more at least that's the best i can tell you from my own experience and i'm not going to pretend to have the answers as you know I just piece things together in the most rational way I can from what I've experienced and read and I do change my mind and I'm ever evolving in my understanding. For those who are afraid of leaving their body and not coming back, the consensus view is that we have a cord that's attached to us, that, that attaches our etheric body to our physical one. And that this cannot be severed until we actually, our physical body actually dies. There have been cases of people not returning to their bodies or feeling unable to and their body getting very close to a death state. Uh, but that does seem unlikely to happen. The vast majority of people who have these experiences seem to be just fine. Finally, you might wonder why would someone want to go have an out-of-body experience? Well, because it is one of the greatest adventures possible, if not the greatest. Uh, you can literally go anywhere. You could go meet aliens, go to other planets, go to other, maybe other universes, um, go to the Summerlands uh, to meet with your loved ones, and possibly ask all of the questions to understand the entire universe and meet with the mind of God. So what's not to want once you get beyond the fear? And as for that, that's something I still have to figure out. I'm still absolutely petrified of my own uh, spiritual abilities and the spirit world. And this might be because of how aware I am of it, rather than um, having a sort of innocence where some people think this doesn't necessarily mean that there's any spiritual life. It could just be that I can have this sort of dreamlike experience and travel around in fantasy lands and dream worlds. Or once again, it could just be that I'm an incredible coward. That would not surprise me.